Hello, and welcome to the Authentic Audience Podcast. I'm your host, Krista Ritma. Here, we believe success is inevitable and everything is possible. On each episode, we get real about the entrepreneurial journey and look at what it means to lean into your intuition, feel in alignment with your business, have coffee with resistance, and trust in abundance. We answer the tough questions. How can we show up authentically in business, with integrity in relationships, deeply seeking in our spiritual practice, and with grace in motherhood and beyond? This podcast celebrates the anti-hustle, healing from toxic productivity, prioritizing rest, and discovering tools that will support both your healing and business growth journeys. Your time and energy are precious resources, so thank you for being here. Your presence is a gift, and your business is thanking you. Get ready to get real, get honest, and keep growing. Hey, and welcome back to the Authentic Audience Podcast. I'm your host, Krista Ritma, and today we have Hannah Creer on the show with me, and I've been like a huge fangirl of Hannah for a while. We've worked together, and I've really seen her blossom with her offerings and her brand and her business on socials, and you've actually become one of my favorite follows. I feel like you're one of the human design astrology experts where it's just like so potent and so valuable in every single share. And so I'm so excited to talk to you today. But before I officially welcome you, let me just introduce you to the people. Hannah is a human design and astrology reader, yoga and meditation teacher, Reiki practitioner, and founder of Soul Psychology. She combines modern psychology, spirituality, intuition, and self-development techniques to support people to make big decisions, find their purpose, and experience the fulfillment in their lives. I'm such a fan of your work and what you're creating and what you're doing, and I'm just so happy to welcome you today. Hi. Hello. Thank you so much for that intro. (laughs) It's so fun. I just feel like I've had like a behind the scenes like sneak peek into your world and um, your flow. And it's so fun to be able to introduce you to the audience. You're going to be guest lecturing in Witchy Business this month. So I feel like I'm in Hannah land and I just get to like love you up and shower your business. But I would love you to just drop in with us like some of your journey. You have like a pretty amazing journey and story and credits and certifications and all this stuff and just so many different facets. And I just think it's so beautiful how you've pulled it all together. So tell us some of your story and journey to this work and whatever feels really important to to share today. Okay. Thank you. And I guess I just want to say that it was so nice to actually be working with you this year. When I first listened to your podcast, I felt really in love with your energy and then found out that you were also a Gemini sun, Cancer moon. And I was like, oh, all the things um, connecting. But yeah, I really appreciate being able to be on this podcast with you. Um, Mm -hmm. But a bit about me, I guess from like a really young age, I was a very spiritually curious kid and I've always sort of existed in those spiritual spaces where you know, my Nana was a really spiritual person and she guided me in many ways. And there's lots of parallels in our lives in terms of mm. our connection to the natural world and our connection to yoga. And basically I would be growing up as a teenager, devouring self-help books when other people were maybe reading, I don't know, Harry Potter or Twilight. I was into Deepak Chopra and Louise Hay and there was always that side of me and I didn't necessarily bring it out into the open in a huge way. And after school, I went and studied law and commerce, worked in the corporate world for about four years. And it was at about age 16, though, that I did find yoga. And that was a really beautiful place for me to continue exploring my spiritual side because there's such a beautiful philosophy that comes along with yoga. And so while I was in university studying and while I was working in my corporate job, I would always return to those yoga classes and they kind of kept me grounded and tapped into that world. And then, you know, I'm someone that does evolve quite rapidly and I outgrow situations really fast. And I think our soul always has a way of creating 
a ton of discomfort if we are veering away from our authenticity. And so within that corporate role, I was also teaching yoga on the side and the pull in my heart just got stronger and stronger to pursue more of my passions. And so I left that job. I went and started teaching yoga and meditation uh, while I also went back to study psychology because I wanted to connect the dots between body and mind. Then ended up going to a health retreat where I met my first astrologer, real deal astrologer, and I traded a few yoga classes in exchange for a reading. And my mind was just completely blown open. I felt like I was speaking to a psychic meets psychologist meets I don't even know what, but she just articulated my experience in a way that never had been done before and I just felt very seen and so I got really interested in astrology I went down that rabbit hole along that path human design popped up and so again anything that sparks my curiosity you know as a Gemini it's like you have to know everything and I continue to explore both of those modalities and they form a really strong part of what I do now but that's yeah a few (laughs) puzzle pieces that explain how I got to where I am right now yeah and now today you have a whole business around it so you're spending most of your time how do you spend most of your time are you doing readings are you creating content for your business like I think it's pretty cool that we can create I mean, it's just really fun to see these people that have really like listened to this calling and created a business model around their passions um, succeeding. And what I love so much about your core offering, the School of Soul Psychology, is that you did go to school for psychology and calling it the School of Soul Psychology, it combines all of these elements. And I maybe love it because it's so Gemini, but it's like, it's like maybe the most Gemini cancer thing now that I think about this. Um, and maybe that's why I love it so much, but I do feel, and I want to talk a little bit more about just the language of astrology and and human design because it's become so popular and, and what that means for you in business and in life. But the school of soul psychology is really a combination of all these tools. And, It's like a recipe for like living life. And I would love for you to share the pillars of soul psychology and like what has created this method for you that now you're teaching and leading and guiding people through because it's a pretty specific and like profound thing that you've created. It's like funny that you say that you thought astrology was like psychology meets psychic meets because I feel like that's really what school of soul psychology has become. So I was wondering if you could just talk to that and what all of these modalities and all of these experiences and skills have like led to. Totally. Yeah. So I created the term soul psychology to be this umbrella to include all of these different healing modalities that I have found that have been really profound in my life and that I love to share with people. And so within school of soul psychology or within a soul psychology session, I have these pillars that I love to draw upon. And the foundation is actually working with the power of intention, because I find that to be an incredibly powerful place where we can start to work with our internal world and you know, we have this conscious direction of our energy and there's a difference between an intention and a goal. And I think a goal, whilst beautiful, has this very external uh, outcome orientation. And then when we're working with intention, it's much more process oriented and connecting with the way we want to feel along the way. And then I will look into the inner child and chakra energetics. And so we're looking into the way that our energetic body is set up and how our subconscious mind is governing our behaviors today. And when we look at the inner child and our subconscious, we're able to really start to unpack the layers that might be holding us back in our day-to-day lives now. 
I then go on and look into astrology and human design because I find that those things are actually, whilst incredibly profound tools, they're kind of like the icing on the cake when you know how to work with the internal world. The systems of astrology and human design just become these reflections of what is going on in the internal world and they provide, you know, a different language. But I just think when they're worked with together, there's just such an amazing shift that you can create in your life and a deeper understanding of self. And I find it really, really healing. And I've seen amazing transformations in people's self-worth and self-confidence when they work with these tools as well. It's such a unique method that you build and yet it's combining these like ancient tools and practices into this like modern day soul psychology school, which I just love. And I love what you share about the difference between an intention and the goal. And I think having that intention, I mean, there's just everything that I've been talking to or coming up against is just all about the intention behind it. And I love that you kick things off that way because through all of your like certifications and schooling, you've like basically come back to this like very foundational way of like teaching self-development in like a bridge type of way. I really feel like so many of us are like the bridges Mm. and we're the bridge between like the modern capitalist sort of society and world of business and energy and ecosystems existing at the same time with these like ancient worlds, traditions, modalities, like healings, teachings, tools, and finding a way to like create a modern approach. And What's so interesting and what's really clicking for me around the psychology and the soul psychology is that for me, really learning about astrology from like the psychological standpoint, I mean, astrology or Myers-Briggs was based on astrology. And I just don't think people know that. And so it's, I think people listening to this podcast don't care, (laughs) but for the skeptics, right? Um, That was one thing that was really profound is that we've been studying psychology and such a like studious, like educational, intellectual kind of way. And then Jung, who created the Myers-Briggs, was like, astrology is too complicated to explain to people. So I'm going to create this personality test instead, which is like completely based on astrology and everyone knows their Myers-Briggs. And I feel like that's really like the first piece of the bridge. It's like inner knowing and inner understanding of how we work. And I want to go back to the language specifically of astrology and human design. I feel like these are both really hot topics. And for me, it's just become such a language of love. I've talked about this on the podcast. Like for me, astrology is like a healing path to God, Mm. path to love. It has given me like that first feeling that you had of like, I'm seen, there's God, like God is present, you know me, like I'm not alone, like there's there's rhyme or reason, like one of my favorite astrologists says like you're not here on accident, you know, like it's it's very purposeful, the time you were born and how you were born and all this stuff and it's it just makes me feel really special astrology and like I'm living my chart and then putting the element of human design on top of that it's just become such a common language so when we say oh our Gemini Cancer moons like there's such a vibe there I feel like I can relax oh I'm with a Gemini Cancer moon (laughs) I only have one other really good friend and she's been a vision holder for me for like 10 years and I've watched her over the decade that I've known her, just like all the different things and the deep relationships and everything that comes along with being a Gemini Cancer Moon. And I was hoping you could share more about your journey in like learning about yourself first and how that really sparked a want or desire to do this for other people. Because as much as I love the language of astrology, I was never like called to do the readings for other people. You know, I just like speaking the language of it and just like what that process is like to be that psychic <laughs> or that psychologist, like breaking somebody open for the first time. When when I show a real astrologer my chart, I feel naked. Yeah. 
(laughs) It's like, oh my God, don't look at me. You know everything, you know? (laughs) What is that like? What is it like reading other people's charts or what is it like reading? Yeah, and just what has it done for you? Like, I guess my question is like the first step was like, what has it really done for you to Mm. start to speak that language? based because you had all this psychology western type of training and then finding these tools which is now really what you're known for is like these readings and just how that has become such a key tool for you and what it's like now doing that for other people yeah I think that I struggled growing up really owning who I was and Mm-hmm. Even the spiritual side of me, which is really, really heavily represented in my chart with very heavy 12th house energy, if anyone's an astrology geek, um, there's just a lot in my chart that also shows I come alive when I'm in retreat and that I see things in a symbolic nature. And I think I just felt very isolated in that or that it was wrong or that I had to try and contort myself to be more mainstream and being seen and also seeing different insecurities in my chart it was actually a huge relief because it was like oh it doesn't necessarily mean these things are wrong and it's like you said we we weren't you know god doesn't play dice when our presence isn't random and the fact that we came and incarnated at that specific moment and inherited these different gifts and challenges is on purpose And so when I understood that, it just allowed me to surrender into who I was a lot more. And I think it's actually something I've been contemplating recently, this concept of surrender, because it sounds like I'll just surrender to whatever life throws at you and and be done with it. But I think there's a subtle difference between surrendering control and surrendering action And you can still take action with those, say, gifts or challenges that you have inherent within you. And so you can still play with life and lean into those challenges and grow as a person. But it doesn't mean you have to become someone else. It just means enhance who you are at your essence. And so I think, you know, astrology and human design absolutely gave me these guideposts or this operating manual to work within and it was just about celebrating myself as a unique individual and then on that path and doing readings for other people it's so cool to see something so completely different to myself or something very similar it's always you know what it's meant to be but seeing this whole smorgasbord of differences allows me to have so much compassion and curiosity about others experiences and you know places in my life where maybe I would have been resentful or just lacking understanding I now you know turn to the charts and I'm like oh maybe that's because this and this and that helps me to process the experiences and we all we obviously don't need these tools but they're a useful toolkit (laughs) Yeah, so useful. And I feel like that was so eloquently said in terms of like surrendering to your essence. And that's something that it did for me. And I think when we don't have the compassion and self-love for our own gifts, challenges, cork, the things that make us us, it's really hard to have that compassion for other people. And so what I found is it's unbelievable now, but for the majority of my life, I was like embarrassed or like I felt like being a Gemini was bad because of how Gemini's portrayed. And then obviously I see myself like I am those bad things, you know, <laughs> like those bad things. And so I didn't really like myself that much. I was really self-deprecating. I still am, but I'm more aware of it now because I know where it is in my chart. Mm. But I was really self-deprecating about like who I naturally was. And when I started to understand astrology, and I really want to record a podcast on this because 
it changed my life. And I really learned astrology through osmosis. I didn't like choose to learn it. I was working for an astrologer and edited five astrology videos a month and shot them. And so it like just got in there and it was sun, moon and rising for every sign. It was Mercury and every like it was like each planet and every sign. I mean, like in depth astrology, what the houses meant, the planet personalities. And I'm like editing these videos hours and hours. And all of a sudden I'm like loving myself and laughing and realizing that there's a high and a low road to every sign and everything that is about the low road of Gemini, there's equally a high road. And Mm -hmm. turns out, oh my God, I'm successful because of this. My communication is my strong suit because of this. And for me, understanding my chart, one, allowed me to just like surrender to me. Like, oh, this is who I'm supposed to, I'm living my chart. (laughs) Like, this is who I'm supposed to be. I'm doing exactly what I'm supposed to be doing, learning the exact lessons that I'm supposed to be learning. And I'm right where I'm supposed to be. And like, that's beautiful. And that compassion for myself has now, like you said, made me realize and get curious uh, when somebody behaves in a certain way. I'm like, I wonder where that placement is. You know, like I immediately start to speak to it from a compassionate place. Like this is who they are. Not to say we can't get better, right? Or evolve. And I think for me, astrology has done just that. It's really pointed out where the low road in not just my Gemini, but my chart can be and has like supported me into stepping into the light and into the high road. And it's just been such a beautiful process for me of self-love, but now also like he's not ignoring me. He's not an asshole. He's just an Aquarius and he's (laughs) going to miss every single exit that we're ever on, on the road, because he's literally looking at the clouds. Like would I ever miss an exit for looking at the clouds, you know? And what's so funny about that is I'm an Aquarius rising. So like it triggers me even more. And so when I can learn that dynamic in partnership and I have a reading next week with Ocean, who is such a fun astrologer and she's going to do a mother daughter reading for me and Kepi and like, like where our charts align. And I think One piece that I want to speak to about it and that has come up for me is like giving too much power to the stars, like, you know, giving too much power or emphasis or thought on like, especially with my kid, who she's going to be before I even know her. Yeah. Because I do believe in it. I really believe in it. Like I see it and it's so clear. And so in that vein of like finding that line between, like you said, these are not necessary tools but they're really helpful and like how you bring that in with integrity and like how you use that instead of like giving the power away more, how you help your clients like use the information to almost like reclaim their power and talk to that a little bit. Yeah. I think it's easy to outsource our intuition to these systems sometimes. And actually that does, yeah, go back to the way that I have put things in a sequence where I love people to get connected to their power of intention, to their inner child and to understand themselves on a deeper level and to inquire before they just get told this is what you're like and this is the label that you fit into. And there is a comfort when we find a label, a Gemini sun, a Cancer moon. And there's absolutely value to that. And there's a sense of belonging that we all innately desire but I think there does come a time where we do have to pause or step out of it and our our ego just loves to sort of get all the information and know more and Mm -hmm. and reduce it down even more and it's this funny conundrum that we can find ourselves in where there is so much information and so many layers and it's just actually a balancing act for the individual to know you know when is when is it enough and sometimes we can find ourselves you know say I mean right now mercury retrograde there's a lot that gets blamed on mercury retrograde mm-hmm. <laughs> and it is funny and it's nice to bring humor into it but I think there's some accountability that we have to take for mm-hmm. our own life experience and there is just so much intellectualizing that you can do, but I think there's also putting things into practice and just living your life and not necessarily always 
trying to explain something away, but actually, yeah, going inward and maybe journaling or just having a conversation with someone and coming up with your own aha moments that are important. Yeah, I feel like that's a really big disconnect that I see a lot and a lot more. Like I'm almost surprised by how common it is, this intellectualizing versus embodying. Mm -hmm. And I know I do it a lot. Like I say, oh, I know that. In my knowing, I know that or this and that, but I'm not feeling it and I'm not embodying it. And I think we hear this word a lot, like embodiment, embodiment practice, embodiment this. And it yet it's so it's losing a little bit of its lust. But for me, it's like so it's the essence of it. Because what you just said, like you can learn so many tools, you can have so much knowing and and information and data and whether it's based on fact or something someone wrote in a book, it doesn't like we are just constantly consuming. And I do feel like it's becoming harder to embody the certain elements that we actually want to because we're just constantly consuming and we don't realize what we're even embodying. And so that's what I like about your work is there's like this sort of approach from it of like psychology, which we can all really like understand. We've anybody who's, you know, taken a first year at university has understand some level, you know, of psychology, but then there's all this information that just keeps coming and coming and coming. And within your method, it's like distilling just like seven simple practices and seven simple tools, themes to help you. And, and that's what I really I like about it and I try and do this too in my retreats and in my offerings is like show people like almost like a menu of like Mm. angel cards and for me it's angel cards, Reiki, you know, like Mm. I have my little tool set. I do so much clearing with smoke and that's a huge practice and journaling and shaking meditations and like I have my menu and it's like take what works, you know, take what resonates. But then – we need to actually practice it and put it into practice. And what would your advice for someone be in that space? I mean, even myself, where I like know all this stuff about my chart, yeah. but I'm not really like living it as much as I could be or embodying it and what that even means. I would love to just talk to that a little bit more because I – I see this all the time. I'm not going to call anyone out, but I know so many people, they're like, oh, I meditate every morning. Oh, I just, and then they're like the most anxious person the rest of the day. I'm like, are you even like, or are we just going through the motions here? Are we just like ticking our self-help and self-care off the list? And I feel like I am many days. I'm just like, oh, I took care of myself, check. But like, am I? And like, how do we help people there? Totally. It's funny you say that I actually had a moment a few weeks ago where I just decided to stop the twice daily meditation that I was doing because I was like, you know what, what, what is the net effect from this and what am I feeling? And I think it's useful sometimes to experiment with taking something out. It's not to say um, mm-hmm. I won't, and I, I do still meditate in different ways, but it's there's a fear sometimes as well of letting go of those. It's a control as well. And so... I think there is always a usefulness in experimenting with pulling things out, putting things back in. And, you know, we evolve, our practices will evolve. And exactly like you say, I know all that, I do all that, but how present are you in that experience? And with every, you know, reading, there's there's so much information and I love to record the reading so that people can just listen and take what resonates in the in that moment and just start to embody or work with a few simple aha moments that came through and then they can return to the recording of the reading or that they might get a written reading but it's it's about pulling just one or two simple tools from what you've read and I know as air signs Gemini or Aquarius whatever there there's going on you know there is that hunger to know more and if we can just say, say it's just, okay, I'm going to really lean into my cancer moon and what that means for me right now. Take the smallest piece and apply it across the board, mm-hmm. contemplate it, meditate on it. And 
in doing that, you will actually start to embody it because it gets reinforced when we have the space to repeat it. Our, our nervous system learns via repetition. And so if we decided to spend, if let's say we had an hour and we could go and read every single thing that was possible to read within an hour about our chart, I would actually say the most valuable thing you could do if you only had that hour would be to take one thing and to meditate on it, to to move with it, to see how it feels in your body, to think back on times in your life where maybe that had shown up. So taking one concept and diving deep into it, the interesting thing about that is it will allow you to start living more as your true self, which then naturally starts to unlock the rest of your chart. And it's like with intention, when you're setting an intention, sometimes it's beautiful to have intentions for multiple areas of your life. And you can have those there, but I would say create an amount of, say it's a five weeks or 10 weeks for yourself to be really with just one of those intentions for one area of your life. And because we are holistic in nature, when you are really working with an intention in one area, it's going to have a ripple on effect into everything else. So by not doing every single thing and focusing on one thing, you're actually probably going to have the most incredible effect on every single thing, (laughs) if that makes sense. It's so, first of all, yes, it makes so much sense. Easier said than done. Uh Said like no earth over here. (laughs) Um, it's so funny because my sister is like so earth. Like I like melt even like saying it and (laughs) she's like Taurus, Capricorn, like just we're complete Mm. opposites, but like same, same. And we say all the time that if like she had a little more of my air and I had a little more of her earth, we'd be like the perfect person. And oftentimes we like find those people who are really compatible because they have what we are lacking in our charts and Mm -hmm. in our lives. And so I have also found like leaning into that one element for me that's missing of earth. It's like when I work with that, I actually realize that everyone in my life is like so earth. Like I have surrounded myself with earth and I don't actually miss it in my chart because I have so much earth around me and my daughter is now an earth sign. And it's just so, it's so profound this work, but the slowing down and the embodying of one mantra or one theme or one piece I think is so powerful. And I was smiling as you were talking because that's the advice I give people in business is they're like, I want to launch this and I want to do this and I want to grow my email list and I want to grow my audience. And I'm like, okay, every offer is sacred. Mm. And if we just got really clear and really focused for the next 30 days on just this offer, streamlining it, loving on it, nurturing it, like perfecting it, it actually will like help the whole business ecosystem. Right. And so it's just funny because that's the advice I give is just hold focus, like slow down. Our focus is being pulled all the time in so many ways. And I think comparison is the worst. One of my spiritual teachers says like, you know, obviously focus and devotion is like such a big piece of spiritual practice. And she talks about how comparison is like the number one thing to dilute your focus Mm. and to pull you off your path. And they think that there's so many things wanting to pull us off our path Mm. and pull our focus where it's almost making us think like we're missing out if we're not focused on all those things. But in reality, like just focusing, like even just hearing you say, how can you bring your cancer moon? This like piece of my chart I know so well, but like have I really looked at or read what it fully means? It's such a Gemini fashion. I'm like, oh yeah, cancer moon in the sixth house. My work wound. Next. (laughs) Totally. I have a work wound. Surprise, surprise. But there's not the like, you know, what is that? What does that mean? And what is that flavor? And how can I work with that? And I just feel like that's really tangible advice. You know, we all have that one element or thing that when you say that, I'm like, yeah, it's my cancer moon or what – like I touch my heart when I say that. Mm. We all have that thing that we can pull out and like create intention around over like an extended period of time. And I think that's such a sacred practice and 
it's just funny that it's what I say, you know, it's like hold it sacred and keep the focus. And I think that's so powerful in every aspect. I would love to share a bit more about the human design because this is still a relatively new concept. It's becoming really popular like now in people's like Instagram bios. It's like their sun, moon rising and their human design. And it's like how we're meeting people, which I find to be so like – For me, it's just like if you're telling somebody that really understands like charts or, you know, your sun, moon rising or your human sign, like you're really giving a lot away, (laughs) I feel. Yeah. But it's a powerful practice. And I would love for you to share. There's only a few resources that I have you being like my most trusted resource um, that even really shares about human design from a like teaching or like offering standpoint. I feel like there's a lot of like armchair human design experts right now. And I just want to share from your perspective, like what is it, first of all, for people who are like, I understand astrology, but I, I don't understand what's the difference? Like what am I, what am I learning? And mm. and how has like adding that tool to the astrology conversation and to your overall like soul psychology curriculum? impacted things because when you did my human design, I felt seen, I thought I knew myself pretty well. And I felt like so validated and seen, but also like surprised too. Like it was like very new information. I, you know, I do a lot of readings, a lot of psychics, a lot of witches, a lot of this, a lot of that. And I, it was like a very new perspective. So I was hoping you could share some more just about, you know, the power and magic of what human design is and and who it's for and that kind of thing. Totally. If we were to say like the difference between astrology and human design, I mean, they're both looking into who we are as humans and souls and our unique contribution to the universe. But the human design system offers quite practical and tangible tools, such as how, like specifically, how do you exchange energy with the world to achieve the most ease and flow in your life? And how are you best designed to make decisions, which I think is a really important part of a chart because our life is a series of decisions. And so we get given just, you know, those as as examples, these tangible tips for do this and your natural kind of genius in essence will start to unfold. And so the, the way that things are framed in both systems are different, but at the end of the day, it's still an exploration into your soul's energy. And I've just find them to be really complementary systems. When you look at a human design body graph, basically you, you plug in your same thing, birth date, time, location, and an image presents itself to you, which essentially represents the specific way your energy operates, and the way that your soul is designed to fulfill its purpose. And the chart, similar to an astrology chart, looks kind of weird and wonderful when you first look at it. And so Mm -hmm. there's so many layers that you can explore in a chart. And the thing that we usually explore first is your energy type, and there's five energy types, and that would be similar to the 12 signs in astrology. Mm -hmm. The person who founded the system, so human design is actually a relatively new system, it was downloaded mm-hmm. through someone uh, called Ra Uruhu in 1987. So if we think about astrology being thousands and thousands of years old, um, human design is like a little baby. But the thing about human design is that it actually combines the systems of astrology, the I Ching, Kabbalah, chakra system, and then also genetics and quantum physics and DNA. So these modern and ancient systems are put into the Mm. the cauldron. (laughs) I love that. I never heard it explained like that before. And now doing these readings, it's like, I mean, I highly recommend if you're called to astrology or doing this type of soul exploration, the human design, I didn't realize just how new it was. And these systems and these practices are, and it's a powerful thing to dive deep into who we are. And for me, like practice self-love for who we are. And one thing that I feel like still comes up is, and I don't really know like where's the rub 
in people not being interested in astrology. Like, oh, I don't – like, even, like, I don't believe in astrology. Like, that sentence to me is like, what? Like, that, it doesn't even make sense to me. Like, you don't believe in loving yourself. Like, you don't believe in finding ways to understand and, like, learn and heal and grow. Like, what are we even doing here? And so then I find myself really judgmental and righteous, which is also in my chart. And that fire starts to come out because I'm like – Like, it just doesn't make any sense. Like, we have these incredible tools that really teach us love. And, like, if not love, then, like, what are are we doing? And so for anybody that's, like, feeling skeptical or, like, putting their power in a chart or, you know, giving their power away in that way, but really curious about, like, their human design and diving deep into that, like, what would you say for somebody new, sort of curious, like, what would a good first step be? Would it be to get a reading? Would it be to look at your own chart? Like, for somebody really new to this world, but feeling called yet skeptical, yeah. what would you say? Yeah. First thing, I think, if we want to get a little bit scientific for some of those skeptics who are like, yeah, yeah, the stars, like, sure. Because human design does, and, and astrology do look to the planets and where they were placed and that's a big part of how our charts are showing what they do and if you think about you know we've accepted within you know western society now that when a child is born we can take account of the mood in the room the lighting in the room the sounds going on the way we were held all of these things create a really deep impression on the child and when we're young you know we think about from zero to seven that's when our deepest belief systems are formed because we're so impressionable at that age and so this moment that you take your first breath you are the most impressionable and when we zoom out and out and out of that room that you were born in we're also being surrounded by these different planetary transits and you know, we know that these planets are real. Science has also proven these planets are real. And we can see that, you know, we get burnt by the sun. There's some kind of effect that is happening um, on our human body. But the planets, you know, even though they're so far away, they actually make the deepest impression on our energetic body. And so there's something called neutrinos and the, the energy of, if we want to get really, you know, technical, the, the subatomic particles basically stream down and create these impressions in our body and that's what the chart is depicting. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we'll park that. And then also I would say for the skeptic, yes, I would, I mean, read about it or get yourself a reading and the best thing to do is experiment with it. Try it out, see what the information mm-hmm. is saying and oh, if that actually does yeah. seem to give you a sense of freedom or maybe something does you know with human design you experiment with making a decision based on the unique way you're designed to make a decision and oh Mm -hmm. everything started to unfold quite naturally or oh I didn't come up against so much Mm -hmm. resistance maybe I'll try that again and you know Mm -hmm. it's not to you don't have to (laughs) feel weaker or you know less than because you you followed a system it's actually wow I've really empowered myself so and, and I'm now in the, you know, I'm not in the business of trying to justify it or, you know, prove it to anyone else. Like I used to be like, come on, like this, it's so good. And this is why, this is why. And now it's just like, I'd rather live and breathe it and be an example of it. And if people want to jump on board, amazing. <laughs> yeah. That's such a beautiful answer and just prayer, you know, for people who, might be skeptical. And I, I say that because when you're resistant to something, in my experience, it's calling you. Mm. <laughs> and so if you're like seeing, oh, Hannah's on Krista's podcast and now she's in witchy business, like what is this all about? Like there's something here, but like human design, it's like, well, why are we doing that? Like, you know, to human design and is it a person that like sort of put that bad idea in your head about it or like what are we actually opposed to here because I think you know all we can really do is and control is ourselves and what we do and and for me learning some of these tools and 
speaking about it with people like you have just given me like so much, like you said, empowerment, tools, action to like live my dharma. And I just don't take that lightly. And I'm so grateful that you're doing it in such a like gentle and humble way. I think that's like the best way. And my other thing is when I look at the planets and the moon and stuff like that and how affected we are, especially as women, by the cycles of the moon and how that affects us, the one thing that just got me was the Nova series called Planets. Have you seen it? No. Oh my God. Okay. It's on Amazon. You have to pay for it, but it's like a series called The Planets. And I got this Saturn tattoo after watching Saturn. Like if you watch that Saturn episode and think for one minute that that in that crazy planet is not affecting us. Like when you see what's going on up there, the moon, the rings are like broken shards of moon. Like it is insane what is happening. And to think that that's not affecting, like, of course, as soon as I read that, I'm like, Saturn is Kali. Like no, no wonder the Saturn return. And I like brought it all together. And it like, honestly gives me chills thinking about it. And like, wow. I just find it to be so incredible to learn about this kind of stuff. But I think what my big takeaway from this as a Gemini Cancer Moon is the embodiment of it. Because I get so excited about the learning and the sharing with other people. Like I learn like three things about it so that I can go repeat those things to like, you know, get people excited. And, And I know that's part of my chart and part of my Dharma, but I also know that like the slowing down and the embodying of the practice of the work, like you said, you just live it, breathe it. And I feel that my spiritual practice has really amplified since I'm just like living it, breathing it, not talking about it. And it's just become this really sacred thing. And I just thank you for sharing to it and speaking to it. And I know on this podcast and this community, everyone's going to be really interested and excited by it. But I have some really big takeaways from just this. And it's always medicine, these episodes, but you never know where they're going to go. I would love for you to share because you have so many ways of working with you and we'll definitely tag it in the show notes. You have your school of soul psychology. You do one-on-one readings. You have so many offerings. You do a monthly forecast. I mean, you name it. She is like so potent and so eloquent and intentional with your content. And I feel like it's funny that that's what you started this with is like the intention and the importance of that, because that would be the word that I would use to describe your work and your content and what you share. It's really unique and really thought provoking versus like the clickbait horoscopes kind of stuff. Like it just feels really profound. And so I highly recommend following you, but for anybody that does come across your work into your world and crosses your path, what is your prayer for like the future of School of Soul Psychology or for anybody that like comes through and does this work with you? Mm. My deepest prayer is that people know that they don't have to do anything or be anything other than themselves. (laughs) And yeah, to know oneself is the greatest gift of a lifetime. And not only that, to embody what it means to be oneself. (laughs) That makes me so emotional. Thank you for sharing that. I'm so grateful to follow you and be a part of your work and your mission and be able to give you, you know, a platform like this to really share and speak from because there's a lot of noise out there. And I think my goal and mission for this podcast and for you listening is to help cut through some of that and bring people on who I follow, I trust, I love, so we can be like, okay, the trust is there. Let's just dive in and open our hearts to like a new perspective or new conversation. And this was just such a perfect example of that because there's just a lot going on. So (laughs) When in doubt, follow Hannah. (laughs) The end. Um, Thanks for being here. I'll put all of your stuff in the show notes because I highly recommend you guys joining her monthly forecast. It's so cool. And it's, again, really specific. So you can like work with just one theme. Is there anything else that feels exciting to share about? 
Yeah, so there's the monthly forecast where we dive into the big themes and energy shifts and key dates for each month and I'll always offer journal prompts and meditations in there. And I'm also kicking off something new uh, called Cosmic Conversations, which will be another monthly thing where I'm going to be talking with some experts, friends, mentors about the hot topics of each month. So I'm really excited to kick those off as well. But yeah, it's been so, so lovely connecting with you. (laughs) Yeah, it's so good. I just adore your energy and your spirit and your business. And I just wish you all the best. Thank you for being here. Thank you, Crystal. Yeah. And for everyone listening, I hope you go and find out your human design energy. DM me, message me. My human design energy, I actually thought for a very long time I was a manifesting generator. And then with our reading, we realized I'm just a generator. No. <laughs> just a generator. No, no, no. no. You're a manifesting Was it the opposite? It's the opposite. <laughs> and for anyone who knows about human design, like, when I was like, oh my God, she's such a manifester because it's amazing. Like your manifestors are here to initiate things and you specialize in like launching and sparking the fire and you know when it's go time. It's so true. And that's the opposite, right? I realized I was a manifester, not the generator. And I real like that actually gave me some like exhale because I like didn't really resonate with the manifestor generator part, but the visionary, the person launching it, calling it into life, like making it happen. I'm like, Oh, a hundred percent. So you were like, you're not a manifesting generator. You're just, you're just, you know, you're manifestor. It almost like took some pressure off that I was putting on myself because it was feeling like an uphill battle to have to like envision it, create it, execute it, et cetera. And like really sparked me in launching my team. So yeah, it's a powerful practice. And for anybody considering it, I highly recommend Hannah as your first step um, in that reading to really gift yourself that because then once you have that, you can dive deep and research and, you know, go through the different elements and components. But I find it really beautiful to let somebody else sort of like guide that conversation the first time. So look no further. And as always, I'm so grateful for this community, for this opportunity to connect and share and grow together. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And until next time.